0: Rioters or terrorists? Do we need a scorecard to tell the players? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, (laughs) you know, the uh, definition of terrorist is uh, applicable to more and more people these days uh, or is it? Is it going to be, is it going to be actually uh, uh, used for um, other groups? Today we're going to be talking about, you know, as, as I am talking to you right now, there are riots uh, going on primarily in America, although there are some sympathy riots going on all in other places around the world, um, like Berlin and London and Toronto. This all started with uh the unfortunate 911 call in regard to a black man in Minneapolis named George Floyd. And the 911 call sent out police to the area and the reason why someone called 911 was because they claimed that um George had passed or used a $20 bill, a phony $20 bill to buy cigarettes. I mean, you know, when you think about it, (laughs) that this all started from some cigarette clerk thinking that he used, and maybe it was phony, but maybe, you know, um, um, counterfeit. But, you know, even if it was, uh, there's no, we don't know that George knew that it was. So, I mean, when you think about how such a minor incident could cause these eruptions that we are seeing. Everybody has lost their mind all over the world, but especially in America. So getting back to the terrorist uh, concept, you know, we have uh, originally, well, no, let me finish with George Floyd in case you don't know the whole story about George Floyd. So, okay, so they called 911, the police came, and they were, several police came and they uh, dragged, George Floyd out of his car and um, they ended up, uh, you know, they were very, they used excessive force. And in particular, one policeman um, used, had his knee on George Floyd's neck for over eight minutes. And George kept saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And then he was calling for his mother, mama. I I mean, it's so sad. And this policeman just kept his knee there. You know, that's where our carotid arteries are, you know, the arteries, the big arteries that go to the brain that provide oxygen to the brain. This is not a place you want anybody to be um, putting their knee for eight minutes, eight plus minutes. And it was a rather hefty policeman. So George Floyd died. And uh, after that protests erupted all over in many cities all over the US. But these protests, so there's nothing, you know, they were protesting police brutality. And indeed uh, that was justified because um, these policemen were, you know, did use excessive force and, um, and did cause his death for no, <laughs> no good reason. And so it certainly is justified. And yes, this happens um, too many times that police, that there's police brutality, especially against blacks and other minorities. And so this is all justified. However, what happened then was that these um, protests against police brutality quickly became riots and looting. And, attacks you know deathly lethal attacks against the police and attacks from the police against pedestrians there was one uh video that i just saw of police in new york um who um, they were st- they were had a police car parked in front of a barrier and there were rioters on the other side of the barrier. And um, the rioters were throwing, you know, uh, plastic plastic uh, bottles and um, various things over the barrier to the police car. I mean, the police were not; they were inside the car, so they were not injured. And yet, apparently, at some point, the police had had enough, and they drove the police car through these pedestrians through the barricade. It was wasn't, you know, it was about a four foot barricade but um, through the barricade and into this crowd of pedestrians. So people have lost their minds. <laughs> and um, amongst these, so there is, there is, um, you know, the question now is who are all these people who are amongst these this, these groups all over who are causing the rioting and the looting? I mean, it started out with just protesters uh, protesting police brutality, you know, Black Lives Matter were involved, but they weren't the only ones. Um, and then people, you know, people joined in to create violence. And there's the question of, um, you know, there, there are different groups, um, that have gotten involved because some of these, you know, of course, now with social media, it's so easy to organize these kinds of riots. And, and I, there are, if you look on social media, there are things where, for different cities, where people who are organizing the riots are telling people who want to riot to come to, like there was one, for example, just now in uh, Los Angeles, uh, the Glendale Galleria. Um, in Los Angeles, you know, it had, it, they, it has gone when we had the rodney king riots in the early 90s it was pretty much all downtown i mean it was still pretty awful um but it was pretty much circumscribed you know uh, located in a particular area not that that makes it okay but now it is going all over the city Uh, as i I think i said there on um, Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, and I don't know how where the police were. Rodeo Drive is not really that long, <laughs> and yet um, police uh, were nowhere to be seen in this particular video where they were breaking the windows of the stores, you know, fancy stores, and um, and you know, totally just rioting in the streets, um, looting and rioting. And similarly in New York, um, in on stores downtown in Manhattan, fancy stores. They were looting and rioting, running out of the stores with all kinds of goodies and creating all kinds of savage violence. So um, it's a nation out of control. It's in all, you know, one city after another, over 30 cities. Uh, There's violence also that erupted near the White House. The National Guard has been deployed. The Secret Service uh, has, come out um off police are you know one officer had his neck slashed uh another police officer was run over um i talked about it going the other way as well um it it is just it's just a free-for-all because people are angry and they're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore but it's not just being mad as hell about george floyd it has gone way beyond george George Floyd and it is just seen as an opportunity for um for anarchy and so President Trump has um called uh, for a group um he said the United States of America will be designating Antifa as a terrorist organization he wrote this on Twitter and that's how he communicates. And uh, because it's very hard to get a lot of the media to um, tell the true story. Um, so Antifa is a um, is a movement in the U.S., a militant left-wing, anti-fascist, political activist movement. And they're, um, they aren't quiet protesters. They are more about... Um, these tactics, such as what I was just describing, using social media to get people to come and attack things, property damage, physical violence, harassment against those who they identify as fascist, racist, or on the far right. Basically, they're anarchists. And so President Trump has um, made a statement that he wants to to, um, formally call them domestic terrorists and um attorney general Barr also uh, issued a statement he said the violence instigated and carried out by antifa and other similar groups in connection with the rioting is domestic terrorism and will be treated accordingly so um That is what is going on now. Now, the the general, generic kind of uh, definition of a terrorist is a person who uses unlawful violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in pursuit of political aims. So if you use this generic definition of a terrorist, then it's not just radical Islamists who are terrorists, but you could consider calling a group like Antifa or the the conglomeration of rioters and looters um, themselves, you know, who aren't necessarily in a group like Antifa, just the ones who have seen this as an opportunity to to express their rage and to uh, perpetrate violence and to steal some goodies at the same time. And (laughs) wearing masks, to have less chance of being revealed. Well, when we come back, um, I'm gonna talk to you more about what is going on and the question of have we lost our minds, or at least have some people lost their minds, and what does this have to do with coronavirus? Okay, stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show. Uh, We're talking today about rioters or terrorists do we need a scoreboard to tell the players? Now, of course, we're talking about domestic terrorists, not radical Islamists. It's kind of like radical Islamists can just sit back. They don't have to do anything because we have coronavirus that already did uh, disrupted the U.S. Uh, and now we have the protests that have turned into riots and looting, the protests that started as, um, protesting against police brutality for the killing of George Floyd. Now, George Floyd actually seemed like a really nice guy. I did not know him personally, but I have watched videos of him. And he, um, besides the videos of, I mean, that was part of it too, the videos of the police killing George Floyd, you know, especially the one policeman who had his knee on George Floyd's neck for over eight hours. Um, the videos, of course, went viral on the internet and that really, uh, served to get a lot of people very angry. I mean, that was, it was outrageous, really. <laughs> Fortunately, the wife of the policeman who, uh, the main policeman who killed, um, George Floyd, she is divorcing him <laughs> and he is in jail. He is charged with third degree murder. And that's another thing. I think he should have been charged with first degree murder. I think that's another reason why uh, there are all these riots because third degree murder just does not do it justice. So um, Corona rage is what I'm calling uh, the feelings that we're having that um, kind of like road rage. You have probably uh, noticed this yourself. That because we are have been locked down, and because and isolated, and now told to come out with masks on and social distancing, um, it has caused us to lose our humanity. Some of us, not all of us, some of us more than others, but there is a general sense. Pretty much for all of us, there is a general sense that we are not relating as empathically as we once did. And so, um, you know, uh, why I call it Corona rage is because it's like road rage. You know, when people have a short fuse and someone cuts ahead of them or doesn't give them the right of way, someone with this short fuse is... um, uh, ha, you know, can express road rage. Well, we have been seeing examples, I'm talking about before, before the this whole, um, the death of George Floyd, we have been seeing instances of corona rage, meaning there have been instances, uh, such as in supermarkets, where uh, people freak out because somebody isn't wearing a mask, and they shame the person and, and get in a group like a mob, Uh, around the person to get them to leave the store. All kinds of things are happening where people are acting uh, like with a short fuse, like very, it takes very little to set them off. So, um, so George Floyd's death um, has become more than a rallying cry to end police brutality and racism. It's become an excuse to be violent and loot. And um, this is much worse than what happened with Rodney King, as I mentioned. And why is it worse? It's worse because the lockdowns have stripped us of some of our humanity. So um, when you add the the uh, Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd to us being on edge and ready to burst into flame, you know, r- burst into rage, like road rage, <laughs> um, that explains why the, the, uh, the riots, the eruptions are so much more serious and violent and savage, savage, primitive, than it was before uh, with Rodney King. And, you know, there have been riots also with other cases of uh, police brutality. Uh, But this is, is the worst. And clearly it's because of the underlying sensitivity, the underlying corona rage was the tinder that made George Floyd's murder erupt in flames. So... You know, the problem is, first of all, this barbaric violence and looting isn't going to bring back George Floyd. Not only that, but it is not going to make the police less brutal. In fact, it's going to do the opposite because now the police are much more frightened that they're under attack. I mean, there have been over the years um, there have been, you know, in, in protest, uh, burning of police cars, killing of cops, because of the, to, to try to um, uh, get back at cops, police, for uh, various incidents of police brutality. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that we have police altogether, that people are still um, applying to be a policeman woman, a police officer, because of all the danger that they are now in, much more than ever before. I mean, just over the years, there has never been a time when police officers and sheriffs, um, any officers of the peace, have been in as much danger as they are today. Even, even before the George Floyd incident, even before that, it has been increasing gradually increasing over the last uh well Rodney King was in the early 90s so um you know since then it really wasn't it really hasn't manifested as much until um until maybe the last 10 years because each case of police brutality makes people more and more angry um But now the thing is, if police are going to have to be more on their guard, more in expectation of danger, that there will be more people trying to kill them, and particularly black people, you know, it's the whole Black Lives Matter movement um, that has fueled all of this although certainly, you know, there are many instances with other minorities, police brutality with other minorities, but still, it is primarily the Black Lives Matter movement that has um, been the loudest in terms of protests. So, of course, when a, when a um, police officer sees a black person or goes to arrest a black person and even possibly um you know undoubtedly going to arrest George Floyd. I mean there were so many there were like three I think there were there were at least five police officers involved um with that arrest. And why is that? There were three people in the car, in George Floyd's car, but two of the people were not um I don't think they were arrested and certainly nothing violent happened with them. They, you know, they were, they were walked over to the side. Um, but, so when a police officer goes to arrest a black person, they are already consciously or unconsciously more frightened because they know that it is likely that this person has animosity towards them because of all the things that have been in the media um, and, and really these, you know, these people, black people and minor, other minorities are frightened too. So when you have two people <laughs> or more who are frightened and there it's a, a potentially explosive situation, uh, there is more of a risk of violence. So with what is happening now, um, it is not going to work to make the police less brutal. They are going to feel like they need to use excessive force, more force, to protect themselves. The police are going to feel that way. So this really is not, um, you know, it's unfortunate that this well-meaning, that that many of the people who were well-meaning and just there to protest, um, that their protest turned into this, into anarchy. Well, we need to take another break. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about has the American psyche reached its tipping point? So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show. Uh, We're talking about rioters or terrorists. Do we need a scoreboard to tell the players? Well, I said that I was going to talk about has the American psyche reached its tipping point. Pandemic, police brutality, and protests run amok. Yes, um, just when we were thinking that it was relatively safe to come outside and try to deal with the new normal and, um, you know, and the uncertainty, but we were venturing, beginning to venture outside, Uh, We now have a new abnormal and um, so abnormal that um, to me, the things that people are doing, first of all, are regressed and primitive, the violence, but also borderline psychotic and worse than ever before. And as I was saying earlier, I think a large part of this has to do with how coronavirus has caused us to lose our humanity, not the virus itself, of course, but the the rules, the mandates, the um, strict mandates, draconian mandates, in terms of the lockdowns that uh, mayors and governors have enacted. And so people are tired of being told what to do by um, people in authority. And especially because a lot of people in authority, whether it's the mayors or the governors or you know the uh, scientists who have been proven wrong time and time again, people are sick of listening to people who obviously don't know what they're talking about. So um, then, you know, of course, just the actual isolation of being in lockdowns, whether you were with uh, a, a family member or you know, or, uh, or just by yourself, uh, even if you were with family members, there is still some uh, stress that comes from being in lockdown, being isolated. Uh, they did studies on this before coronavirus ever came about and they found that just being in isolation causes physical uh, problems like heart attacks and strokes And psychological problems like uh, weakening your immune system and anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and things like that. So, um, all of this, you know, we have been, we've been in, depending upon where you live, you've had, you've been in lockdown for weeks, some number of weeks, and this has definitely had an impact. And plus, now that we're going out into the world and we're being told, Not, we're being told to wear masks, we're being told to keep social distancing, we're being told not to shake hands, not to hug. I mean, we need handshakes and hugs to survive in a civilized way. And if you ever had any doubts about that, certainly what is happening now with all of these riots and looting and so on, people running amok, acting like savages and not civilized people you can see this has been sort of an example, an experiment of what happens to people when they're deprived of human contact other than the humans who you may have been isolated with in your house. So these protests, as I was saying, have changed from trying to take stand against police brutality to having a free-for-all of savage violence, unabated looting, um, oh, I, I, I mentioned Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, but, um, and my office is in Beverly Hills, by the way. So this literally hits home, so to speak. Um, you know, my street was one of the streets that they were mentioning uh, as, as needing a, more police protection. Certainly, I didn't see, um, I haven't seen videos of my street, which is in the center of Beverly Hills. Um, but I did see, it's very near, right near Rodeo Drive. And I saw videos of that and it was, it was shocking. They are shocking. Um, how nobody, is where were the police? You know, I think they were afraid to um, do something with, to stop the people on Rodeo Drive who were uh, smashing store windows and being violent and grabbing things and chanting, eat the rich, eat the rich. We're talking about cannibalism, folks. I mean, that's how crazy things have gotten. So it's not any longer having to do with Black Lives Matter or George Floyd. It's, I'm mad as hell at the world for causing me or other people to lose their jobs and die. Maybe my loved ones, you know, I mean, people, I'm saying people are thinking, Um, that they're mad as hell because people have been losing their jobs, maybe themselves, maybe their loved ones died, and so on. It's been a very difficult time with coronavirus. And for depriving me the promised American dream. That's why people are mad as hell, and they're not going to take it anymore. So they are um, venting all of their pent-up hostility against anyone and everyone you know, it's like they don't care, they don't know, and they don't care what these people around them stand for anymore. It's not really—I mean, other than the police who are in uniform or in cars—they um, are just lashing out at whoever is around. And um, and I mentioned about the police car in New York City. That was, you know, that's uh, a very shocking example of. How, you know, if you, if you taunt and you threaten police enough, um, at least this policeman, you know, finally, uh, couldn't take it anymore. And so, um, oh yeah, then also another example of how and why, I don't know about why, but how, another example of that you can see just how crazy we have all become, how the American psyche has reached its tipping point, um, there were other, there are other videos that of journalists in various cities, uh, Minnesota, you know, Minneapolis, DC, um, the different cities where journalists representing different uh, news outlets, and it wasn't that this was against any one particular news outlet, because they the police couldn't even really see. I mean, they were already acting towards them in a very violent way before they cared or knew what news outlet. And it was all different news outlets. So it wasn't, that wasn't the point. But these journalists were trying to do their job, you know, um, videotaping and and recording and what was going on. And the police didn't want them to do that apparently. And they um, t- treated them as if they were thugs, uh, in the street, just like the thugs that there were in the street. And, um, and you could, I mean, but it was just so, it is so amazing that they would do this, even though the journalists, I mean, some of them were newspaper, but some of them were television. And so there, there were cameras rolling. I mean, the police were um, using force on them, spraying them with pepper spray, uh, hitting them with um, plastic bullets, um, physically being violent with them, I mean, touching them, pushing them down on the ground, that kind of thing, even though they knew that this was on camera. It's just, it's just, it does not make any sense. And it just shows how crazy this whole situation has gotten. And um, on top of that, we have some celebrities who are on the internet saying, defund the police, take the money away from the police. Now, of course, it's easy for these celebrities to say this because they live in big mansions with lots of land protecting them, their house and high fences and private security. They could have their own security. They don't need the police. Unfortunately for the majority of people, we do still need the police. And yes, there are obviously too many bad apples in police forces all over the US, absolutely. But, like the one who killed um, George Floyd. But, um, I mean, it just makes absolutely no sense to think about defunding the police altogether, um, because who's going to protect us from criminals and from terrorists? They don't really, they don't really seem to think about that, you know, um, that in fact, besides, that there are still in the world, just regular old criminals, you know, um, robbers and things like that, and terrorists. I mean, terrorists must be looking at this and seeing, uh, you know, hanging up there, retiring, Radical. I'm talking about radical Islamist terrorists. Radical Islamist terrorists, are thinking of retiring <laughs> because we're doing this to ourselves, the first the coronavirus, and then this the rioters and looters and the police, we're destroying ourselves. Now, I'm saying that somewhat tongue in cheek in the sense that um, radical Islamists are not going to retire. <laughs> they are uh, going to continue, you know, um, trying to destroy us, overrun us in actuaria law. And, but they are looking at all of this and thinking, huh, <laughs> look, um, if this is all making Americans and Westerners in general, um, you know, at least in terms of coronavirus, uh, of hitting Westerners like in Europe and so on, but coronavirus um, and this, these riots are making Americans, more vulnerable to our, our being radical Islamists, coming over and taking over. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist.